You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Welcome back to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. My name is Jacob Hawk, the host of this podcast, and I'm also one of the ministers here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ. I'm thrilled that you're taking a few minutes to join us today. We always appreciate that. We know that you could be listening to many different things or doing many different things, uh, but we're honored that you would spend just a few minutes of your day with us. We are currently in a series over dating and marriage, a series that was requested by the singles and young adults here at Preston Crest Church of Christ, but it's good material for anyone who is dating or married uh, for us to continually talk about things that God expects both in courtship and in marriage. In the last episode, we talked about five lies about love that the world wants us to believe about love that may or may not be true with biblical teachings. Uh, Today, we're spending some time talking about conversations that couples should have before they get married during their courtship to make sure that they don't make a big mistake. As we begin, I just want you to think about your own life and think about what conversations you may have had with a college if you attended a college or university before choosing that college. If you knew you were going to college, what conversations did you have with mentors before you chose a major? When you started interviewing for jobs, what conversations did you have with the employers of those companies before you accepted your job? It's natural for us to have conversations before we choose a college, a major, or a job, but people often hesitate to have conversations before they get married. Why is that? People give different reasons, different answers to that question. Sometimes people say, well, I just don't want to run them off. And these conversations can make someone leave. Or they say, I just want to have a good time. I don't want to have all those serious talks. Or maybe I don't even know what I want. So if I don't know what I want, why bring this up with someone else? For a point of clarification, when we talk about having conversations before marriage, we're not talking about conversations such as, are you a morning or evening person? Are you a cat or dog person? Do you like the mountains or do you like the beach? Do you want it to be cold in the house or hot? But if we don't want to have important conversations because of those three reasons, of either I don't want to run them off, I just want to have a good time, or I don't know what I want— then we aren't ready for a serious relationship. And it begs the age-old question, 
if you can't see yourself marrying that person, why are you dating them? That's really the point and the purpose for dating. Yeah, it's, it's fun to date, and it's good to have the companionship, but the purpose of dating is to see if they would make a good spouse. And you can't know if they're going to make a good spouse without having some very important conversations first. And so today, that's what we're going to focus on in this episode, is conversations that couples must have before marriage. And here's conversation number one. Career goals. What are our career goals? And what sacrifices will we each have to make so that the other person can achieve their goals? Will our careers be compatible? That's a big one. One person needs to ask themselves, do I want to be married to A? And you fill in the blank of whatever career the other person has. I know a lot of people don't want to be married to preachers. So that's a big one to ask. Do I want to be married to a preacher? Do I want to be married to a lawyer? Do I want to be married to an engineer? Do I want to be married to a salesman? Do I want to be married to a politician? I mean, you fill in the blank. Some careers are more compatible with each other than others. My wife is an educator. I'm a minister. I would say those are two very compatible careers. But we both know that we don't want a career or we don't want the other one to have a career where one of us will be gone all the time. That wouldn't work for what we want in a marriage. And these are important questions to ask. Uh, What careers do we have, do we want to have, and will those careers be compatible? People often say, don't get married and then be forced into a job. Marry and enjoy your career. If getting married requires you just to find something that you have to do to make ends meet, that's not a good reason to get married. But rather, you need to get married and still enjoy the career that you have chosen uh, for your life. So that's conversation number one, career goals. Conversation number two, immediate and extended family involvement. How much do we want our families to be around once we get married? You'll remember that in the story of God creating Eve for Adam, God said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, that a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. If the other person is not ready to begin a new life together as husband and wife, they really aren't ready to be married. However, there's a balance in this verse. We often call this the leave and cleave verse. You leave the family, and you cleave to your spouse, and you become one together, and that's critically important. But leave and cleave does not necessarily mean ignore and avoid. And this will create, or can create, a lot of tension in marriages. If one spouse wants to remain close to family, and the other really doesn't, that creates stress anxiety, conflict, and heartache. This is a very important conversation to have before you get married, is the involvement of our immediate family, our parents and siblings, and our extended family, our cousins, our aunts and uncles. How close 
do we want to be? Conversation number three, personal finances. How has the other person handled their money and what is their current financial position? I'm not talking about asking them what their salary is and what their benefits are. I'm talking about debt. How much debt do they have? And if they have debt, how do they plan to handle that debt and more importantly, get out of that debt when the time is right? You know, it's dishonest to enter into a marriage without knowing how much debt someone is bringing to the table. I've heard of stories of marriages when everything's great, they get married, they say, I do, and then the spouse finds out that the other spouse has a quarter million dollars of student loans or credit card debt that they were unaware of. Well, that is a recipe for disaster. In addition to debt, when it comes time to talk about personal finances, what type of lifestyle do we want to live? Do we plan to live? Do we want to be someone who lives on credit, or do we want to be someone who pays for things with cash? Do we want to live above our means or below our means? It sounds pretty simple. Who's going to say, well, I definitely want to live above my means, but based on someone's tendencies and habits and their financial history, you can kind of know what they plan to do. You'll remember in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Paul told the young preacher Timothy, People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Money's not evil. The love of money is evil. And the love of money puts people into terrible situations. Paul says it leads them into traps, foolish, harmful desires that causes ruin and destruction. It even causes some people to wander away from the faith. You need to know what kind of person am I marrying? Someone who will be prone to love money or someone who just views money as a tool and as a blessing from God? Solomon would write in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 27, A greedy man brings trouble to his family. Do I want to marry a greedy man or a greedy woman? It's respectable to strive to make a good living and to progress in your career. But how someone views money says a lot about their motives and a lot about their priorities. Conversation number four, plans for the home. Specifically, do we want to be a single-income household or a double-income household? Does one partner want to stay home? Do both want to work? Does one partner want the other partner to stay home? Does one partner want the other partner to work? This sounds pretty simple, but in reality, this can become very complicated because a two-income household creates all types of opportunities that a single-income household doesn't have. And a single-income household has all kinds of time that a double-income household may not have. That's a very important conversation. Where do we want to live? Again, do we want to live near family? How close do we want to live near family? Do we want to live in a city? Do we want to live in the country? Do we want to live by a beach? Do we want to be in the mountains? Do we even want to stay in the United States? Do you want to have children? How many children do you want to have? And when? 
These are things that must be considered, and they must be discussed. Now, again, if there's a disagreement, it does not mean that the other person is wrong. It just means you want very different things. And marriage is not an experiment to see if the other person will change their mind. But the last one, conversation number five, and by far the most important of the five I've mentioned today, faith foundations. How seriously does the other person take their faith, their involvement with the church, and God's design for marriage? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul was discussing relationships that we have with other people, and the context is business relationships, but it's also true for marriage. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, most everyone is going to say that their faith matters to them. But Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty, By their fruit you, you will recognize them. Being unequally yoked is not just a matter of being a believer and an unbeliever. You can still be unequally yoked with a believer who does not take their faith as seriously as you do. They can still be a believer who pulls you down rather than lifts you up closer to Jesus. You know, the purpose of marriage is not a mission field. Now, sometimes it works. And when it does work, it's a beautiful story of one spouse leading the other to Christ. But more often than not, it goes the opposite way. More often than not, the unbeliever leads the believer into a path of falling away from the Lord. Don't make marriage a mission field. Make marriage a place where you lead each other closer to the Lord. In summary, don't discover that you're two totally different people once you have become one. And the best way to do that is to make sure that you have some very important conversations before marriage. There are many conversations to have, but the five that we listed today, number one, career goals. Number two, immediate and extended family involvement. Number three, personal finances. Number four, plans for the home. And number five, the most important of them all, faith foundations. Thank you for spending a few moments with us today. As always, keep your eyes on heaven. And I can't wait to spend time with you next time. God bless. Amen.